Hey guys and gals, Grimy and Derek here. It's the season of giving, and before we get into tonight's episode, we'd like to remind you quickly, if you're into our show, give us a rating, wherever you're listening to us from. And subscribe on your preferred listening platform to be the first to hear our newest episodes. And while you're scrolling on your phone, be sure to check out our socials, at Leftover Pizza Podcast on Instagram and TikTok, Leftover Pizza Club on Twitter, and the Leftover Pizza Club group on Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel, Leftover Pizza Club, there. Also, if you want even more content, you can check out our nostalgic articles, junk food reviews, and... Even visit our merch shop, where we periodically release limited drops, and that's at leftoverpizzaclub.com. And with that, we hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. So Derek, how has your holiday season been so far? How's my holiday season? Holiday season so far. So far. Uh, you know, pretty good. Can't complain. Got all my Christmas shopping done and out of the way pretty early. I've done most of my wrapping. And uh good old Saint Nick Topo Gijo. If you will, Topo Gijo. Brought, <laughs> Topo Gijo. <laughs> brought us a new little kitten a whole month early. That rat bastard. So my oh, nice. uh, my time has been sucked up by that little son of a bitch. That's the best though. A new cat. Yeah, he farts a lot, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. He farts he, a lot. He reeks. What he do you farts f- a lot? What are you feeding him? Uh mostly spam. Figgy pudding flavored spam. Yeah, figgy pudding flavored spam, and then like those little powdered donuts, the donuts. That's, oh, that's his, yeah. I hear that's good for kittens. It helps them grow faster than usual. Yeah, not so true fact of the day. Yeah, sweet. You know, so. It sounds like your holiday season's off to a pretty good start. It's uh, I've got no sleep. I have no sleep. I'm I'm running on fumes. How about you? How's your holiday season going? Good. Having fun. Today I dropped all of my lunch on the lunchroom floor at work, so that was exciting. It's pretty special. That holiday magic is in the <laughs> it's air. The holiday magic, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, uh, it's it's been good. It has been good. Uh, it's gone fast so far. Like I feel like just yesterday, I was just carving a fucking turkey for Thanksgiving, and already uh, I have people nagging at me through cellular text messages asking me what they should be making for this holiday, and I'm just like, man, we're already there again. Like we're already uh, what a whole week into December. Basically, and like, we've got only two weeks to pump in two shows. And I'm just like, fuck, are we going to be able to do this? But don't worry, we're going to be able to do this. We got this. Yeah, we, we got it. We might have a mental breakdown here and there, but uh, probably more. Yeah. Who well, knows? I tell you, you what. hear more of us. All that being said, I have this here candle lit and it is Bath and Body Works. It was the night before Christmas. 
Oh, very nice. Stinking up the room pretty nicely. I have this nice little goblet of uh, eggnog, topped it off with some cinnamon on the top there. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to get right back in the spirit. So that's right, that's right. Yeah, no, that's that sounds pretty good. I uh, had a little eggnog myself the other day. Went out, bought myself a couple of those Bath and Body Works candles. They had them on sale for ten bucks. Can't beat that. No, you can't beat, can't that. beat that, grimy. So tonight's episode. What are we talking about tonight? We are talking pop culture Santas. There's a ton, an absolute fuck ton of pop culture Santas. For every Christmas special there is, there is like an iteration of Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to exclusively be covering Santas from Hallmark Christmas cards from the last 25 years tonight. So I hope you're ready for that. There's going to be just like a bunch of sappy love stories and like Joan who just found out that Joe's still alive. <laughs> no, no backstory. Nope. I'm not going to give any backstory. I'm just going to look at greeting cards that are 23 years old, previously written in by a family that I don't know. I found them at Goodwill. I'm just going to describe the art to you and that's going to be the whole show. Sounds great. Well, <laughs> I mean, it does sound great. It sounds really good. Uh, and I think the, the listeners will agree with me. It sounds oh so amazing. And uh, No, it sounds like shit, Grimey. Stop being so goddamn polite. <laughs> it's the eggnog. No, we're really going to be talking about real Santas that we love from all different walks of life, from all different media, TV and movies, and maybe even some songs, right? Yes. Just because there's a, a ginormous magnitude of Santa Clauses out there, and uh, it couldn't hurt for the Leftover Pizza podcast to jump into them. So let's uh, say we jump into this. I think you went first last time, right? Yeah, so you want to talk topo? Talk topo, topo Gijo first. <laughs> what is it? Topo Gijo? Topo Gijo. You know, I never knew what, what Tim Allen said in that one part. I just thought he was making noises to be honest so it's a it's like a thing it's a santa claus is there's another name for santa claus yeah another pierre noel topo shisho you know he listens oh. to a bunch of other ones yeah yeah learn something new every day every day My first pick, the Coca-Cola Santa Claus. You basic bitch. <laughs> no, I don't give a you shit. I don't give a basic bitch. Okay, so that's true. That's true. This is basic as it gets. But listen, this is my end all be all Santa Claus. Of all Santa Claus. All right. I'm just okay, okay, okay. I'm just a little bit salty because I kinda wanted to pick Coca-Cola Santa and you beat me to it. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You beat me to it. Dude, I, I I'm this, with you, though. I had this picked I way before we even decided to do this show. I was like, if we ever do Santa Claus show, we're fucking picking Coca-Cola Santa Claus right away. Oh, so that's how it went. You said, okay, I'm going to pick this Santa, and then I'm going to pitch this show, and yes. then I'm going to have <laughs> my first pick in the barrel loaded, ready to go before I even tell him what the show is. That's right. You are sneaky. That's right. You are sneaky. sneaky. Naughty list. Naughty list. So- how do you, how do you feel about the Santa Claus? You obviously, you obviously really like him too, huh? <laughs> I'm very passionate right now. I told you, Grimy. I'm running on fumes. I have no filter right now. I love him. I love him. I love Coca-Cola Santa. There is just something so goddamn iconic 
about Coca-Cola Santa because it spans so many decades, yet it feels like every decade. Does that make sense? Like yes, it absolutely. feels like the fifties. It feels like the eighties. It feels like the nineties. It feels like now, like it's so classic and yet so of your childhood, everybody's childhood. And it's crazy how it, Coca-Cola Santa is so synonymous with so many generations and their childhood nostalgia. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah, absolutely. So before 1931, now that's when the, the Coca-Cola Santa Claus was first painted in you know Coca-Cola fashion. Um, there was all kinds of different depictions. Uh, now there's some debate that Coca-Cola Santa Claus is like the one that shaped the way that he is now in most people's imaginations. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they're right or not, but I've seen some of the older ones from before 1931, and holy fuck are some of them scary. Like, some of them are borderline, like, satanic, ritualistic beings, in my opinion. Like, it just... Which I still love, don't get me wrong, I'm all for it, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> you're just, selling me. Yeah, yeah you're selling yeah. me on the idea of a satanic Santa. Anyway. Yeah, but some of them... And, you know, there were some that were, like, jolly, I guess, and kind of, you know, on the heavier side. The Santa that we all know... Uh, Coca-Cola began placing these ads in like popular magazines. Archie Lee, the Darcy Advertising Agency executive working with Coca-Cola Company, they wanted the campaign to show Wholesome Santa, who was both realistic and symbolic. So Coca-Cola, they commissioned this guy, a Michigan-born illustrator, Haddon Sunblom. He developed these advertising images using the Santa Claus, showing Santa himself and not just a man dressed up as Santa Claus. Yeah, the guy. The actual, real, yeah. mythical being, and not just some mall Santa like in A Christmas Story. Right. So, yeah, Sunblom's images and paintings drew inspiration from an 1822 poem by Clement Clark Moore called A Visit from St. Nicholas or commonly known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. So, like, that makes sense why he's so holly and jolly and, you know, just fits right in with what we know and love as Santa Claus. But I, I love the whole story. Uh, I've been a huge fan of the Coca-Cola Santa Claus depiction for as long as I really can remember. I think it was, like, one of my teachers, I'm almost positive it was second grade, one of my teachers, she had a Coca-Cola santa claus cardboard standee i don't know if she like hyped it from a store or if she donated money or whatever but she had one we were all just kind of sitting and she pulled this santa claus ad out this big standee and it just fucking blew my mind i'm pretty sure it was the first time i ever seen him i know that i've seen him like everywhere else afterwards like i've just started noticing them in ads and in like eventually he made it to like TV and commercials and a big thing is the the holiday tins like the ones your grandmother puts party mix in and they just like stews for 30 years those ones yeah like I remember seeing them there quite often and uh, these depictions just seemed like they were kind of everywhere so just remembering this particular Santa Claus and portrayed this way I guess everywhere and it was just really made my Christmases that much better I guess seeing it everywhere yeah Absolutely. So I'm glad that you brought up, you know, the first time that you saw or remember seeing the Coke Santa, because that was going to be a question that I asked for you. So for me personally, uh, I grew up with it. My my grandmother and my uncle were Coke people, man. They love Coca-Cola and, and they just loved the old vintage Coca-Cola 
products like the tins that you mentioned. I mean, uh, we even when I was growing up, my parents had a Coca-Cola Santa milk and cookie plate set. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they had the plate and then they had the little mug. So you're supposed to leave the milk for Santa. For me, it was so ingrained in me from such a young age that I remember one one year, I might have actually been in second grade. I was about around that age. I was convinced that I needed to leave Santa a Coke for Christmas Eve for when he came, you know, to, oh, shit, to yeah. presents yeah. to our house. So I did. I left a mechanic of Coke complete with his own image on the can, which was <laughs> uh, just kind of funny to think about. Imagine being a celebrity and drinking a drink with your own face on it. Uh, that's how Santa must have felt that night. But I just love, <laughs> like, even going further than Santa with Coca-Cola, how cemented Coca-Cola is in the Christmas holiday. And and they've just, like, kind of wedged themselves in there over so many years that there's so many other, like, holiday things that you think of when you think Coca-Cola. Like the Coca-Cola trucks that have the Christmas lights oh, yeah. on them. Polar have you ever bears. seen one of those in person? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen one, but I've seen the commercial way too many times. So, <laughs> yeah, Santa packs are coming. Santa packs are coming. <laughs> <laughs> I looked out. I saw one of the trucks at least one time. But yeah, you mentioned the polar bears too. And uh, I actually was just setting up my aunt's Christmas tree the other day, and we pulled out an old stuffed polar bear, the mm. Coca Cola polar bear, and it has the little mini coca-cola bottle that he's holding and the santa hat on so yeah i don't know there's something about coca-cola at the holidays where it just fits and feels oh, yeah. right yep because of the art style because of just how often they push their product around this time of year and how successful they are at doing that most of their uh advertising campaign during the holidays is still very relevant but the coca-cola santa claus is still alive and well like just a few years ago i went to walmart during the holidays and noticed that there was a giant cardboard cutout of the santa claus himself and i remember trying to get i did everything i could to get this fucking thing too like i texted a bunch of my buddies who worked there it was like listen there's a santa claus in there and i need it and i know that's just going to get thrown out towards the end of this this advertising but if you can you know get me in touch with whoever and actually one of my cousins works out there and i was like hey listen i need this so hook me up She's like, well, I'll ask. And she asked, she's like, they'll probably have you like donate some money or whatever. And I was like, that's fine. I'll donate some money. I'll donate my left leg if you want. Like, I want this Santa Claus really bad. <laughs> and those motherfuckers told me no. And they ended up throwing it out. Unbelievable. Yeah. Despicable. Very upset. Very Naughty list. Mm-hmm. So do you have a uh, a favorite rendition of the Coca-Cola Santa Claus by chance? Do you know any off the top of your head? Or I feel like I've seen him in a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses before. Am I correct about that? You might have, but that also might have been the uh, Little Debbie snack cakes for the uh, Christmas in July Christmas cakes. Mm. That's that. mm. <laughs> but there's so many of them. I don't like, know. I've... I, I, I mean, I just, I have the, the classic Santa, you know, Coca-Cola Santa uh, look in my mind. But yeah, it's, it's hard to differentiate because of how they all sort of blend together. But sure, yeah. Let the record show I do love Santa in a Hawaiian shirt. I love it. 
I'll end this one on my favorite Santa Claus from Coca-Cola, and it is known as the final Santa. This was the one that, uh, I believe it's the one that Sunblom last illustrated. And it has Santa Claus sitting in a chair. There's two kids, they're both in their PJs, the little girl sitting on his lap, and the little boy is kind of like staring at, like right into the eyes of his new pet dog that I'm assuming Santa Claus dropped off and... It's just a very, very awesome portrayal of Santa Claus. And like, it really gives me that like Christmas feeling, that Christmas vibe every time I see it. And uh, I'm really hoping that one day I will be able to relive that magic and I'll be able to put it in the back of my room. <laughs> maybe, maybe Walmart will do another standee and I'll just be able to take maybe. it. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, Grimy. I am going a little non-traditional with this episode, and to start, I'm going with something that's not so Santa-centric. It's a little bit more elf-centric, but. What if I told you that you're Santa in this situation? How'd you feel about that? No, what, what am I doing in this situation exactly? Well, what if you were a bit disgruntled and maybe a little bit pissed off at your elves and you decided that you're going to use your elves as bowling pins? The fuck is the elf named from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? He didn't want to make toys. Kirby. Now now none of them want to make toys. All them little bitches. Yeah, now they all want to be dentists and lawyers dentists. and doctors and... Yeah. Have dreams and aspirations. Son of a bitch. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about the 1998 computer game, Elf Bowling. That was a really long intro, but uh, I don't know. Did you ever play this game when you were a kid, or is this something that you're learning about for the first time, me bringing it up on this show? So I'm kind of revisiting it right now. Like, uh, I remember it from back in the day. Um when flash games and flash videos and stuff online were like a big big thing and it's very i don't know if you know what joe cartoon is but it's very very joe cartoon-esque where it's like i don't know it has kind of this this progression where like the elves they do a little bit different as the the, the game goes and it just oh it's so perfect it really is a product of its time exactly that is the perfect way to describe it elf bowling is a product of its time mm-hmm. like i said Late 90s, 1998, and it did eventually, I think, make its way online as a Flash game. But from what I know, I think this was actually a game that you needed to install on your Windows PC back in the day. And uh, I remember the first time I actually played this was over at my cousin's house. They had bought a brand new computer, and my uncle was sort of showing it off to me and my cousin. And that this was back in the era where do you remember the dancing naked baby? Oh Jesus, yeah, yep. it would dance to the blue suede, uh, suede song. Yeah, so I remember distinctly this one day that he showed us the naked dancing baby, and then he put on Elf Bowling for us to try because you know PCs for most people were kind of a novelty. Oh and yeah, this was around the time when most people are starting to get their first computer so they would do dumb stuff like that they would do the chain emails they would play all these stupid little dinky games that barely even qualified as games if i'm being honest uh so i did actually 
reinstall this game because you can find it online for free to install on your PC. Oh my god! So I actually did get to play through <laughs> this a little bit the other day, and I stand by my statement. This is barely a game. There is barely gameplay. All you do is click the mouse, and you just have to time the arrows right uh, oh, to yeah. throw the ball down down the alley and try to get yourself a strike. Uh, but as simple as it is, it is still kind of fun. Uh, but back then, you know, being whatever I was, five, six years old, it, it absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, it it blew my mind not only because it was a computer game, but because it was coming out right around that time uh, when South Park sort of lit the world on fire. Everything was a little bit edgier and a little bit edgier than it needed to be in the late 90s. And Elf Bowling was no different. A lot of people were just sort of seeing what they could get away with comedy-wise. And, you know, things like Celebrity Deathmatch, Family Guy, those things started coming up around this time, too. Uh, in the wake of South Park, Beavis and Butthead, Duckman. That's a show that nobody talks about Duckman. too much these days. <laughs> <laughs> Duckman's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it got edgy, like, to the point where the elves will moon Santa. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. ask them, Who, who's your daddy, as mm-hmm. they do it, which is a little little risque. It's, it's Like I said, it's very Joe cartoon, like the insults and everything. Even, like, the voices of the elves. I know they're elves, so, of course, they're going to have, like, high-pitched voices. But, like, this is such a classic Joe cartoon move where, like, all of the voices are, like, super high-pitched and funny, and it just adds to the humor and there's like cartoon gore and stuff and the elves every once in a while when you miss them they'll make funny and insult you back it's really hilarious and you know this isn't the only game like this there's so many other flash games out there that were very very similar this was definitely among some of the best ones though it's simple but it's effective exactly and the seasonal uh theme of it really just adds to it like Mm -hmm. this would probably be forgettable if it were like you're in a bayou and you're knocking down like i don't know what the fuck's it like alligators or something like that like you you, you'd forget about that Mm -hmm. but because it's santa knocking down his elves you're like Oh, that's kind of memorable. That's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and to your point about the gore, you mentioned that earlier. Uh, in this game, one of the elves, if they don't get out of the way quick enough, they can actually get decapitated by the pin setter. Yeah. I don't know if you knew about that. Yeah, I watched the, the one video I watched is like the, the fucking pin setter just rips the head up off with it. So good. Yeah. And, and one of the last things I'm going to mention about this, because I mean, it's a... <laughs> It's a dinky computer game from 1998. There's not much more that we can say. We've given it as much love as anybody has given it in the last (laughs) 25 years over these past five minutes. Truth. But the early 90s are threaded throughout this game as well. You might be asking, what am I talking about? At one point during the game and then after a game finishes, the elves will start dancing and they'll start singing Elf, Elf, Baby. Obviously a reference to Ice, Ice, Baby by the one, the only Vanilla Ice. So, yeah, this is just something. I don't know. This is like such a time capsule. And if you have the means, you really should just go find it online. Maybe give it a download. Maybe give it a couple clicks, a little bit of a play. You're going to have a good time. This Christmas, Pepsi would like to help you celebrate the holidays with a chance of winning a present from Mario in the Pepsi Nintendo Holiday Game, where you could win one of thousands of terrific Nintendo prizes, like these action sets, game packs, and best of all, the sensational new Game Boy. So hurry up and play before it's all over. 
Look on specially marked cans and bottles of Pepsi and Diet Pepsi for your chance to win. All right, guys, we're jumping into Super Mario territory with this one. Now, there are several times where Mario can be seen dressed up as the big man himself, but I'm only going to talk about two occasions. We'll start with uh, the one from 1989. In 1989, there was a team-up between Pepsi and Nintendo where Mario appears in this classic Pepsi Christmas commercial. Uh, We all know that Coca-Cola is kind of the cola of Christmas. We just went over that a little bit ago. But Pepsi, they really, really do try. And this is one of those instances. And now in this commercial, Mario walks into a store, which is kind of set up like a typical Mario level loosely, you know. Uh, you can see platforms floating and there's blocks. And when he headbutts them, instead of a coin popping up or a mushroom, a Pepsi logo pops up. So he's making his way through the store and starts throwing games and consoles and like Game Boys and stuff into all these people's carts. He comes up to this standee where it's like a big thing of Pepsi and it like powers him up into a Santa suit. And it's the commercial just kind of fades away into this cardboard standee of Mario dressed up as Santa Claus coming up out of a chimney. There's something I want to focus on here. Okay. I, I want to focus on the real world implications <laughs> of a little Italian man <laughs> in in a general store, Grimy. Mama that's, Pops. That's where he is. Yeah. He's in the general store. If you yeah. watch the commercial, that's the name of the store, general store. Going around to all of these families, pushing their kids around in carriages, and throwing fucking full-ass video game systems into the cart. With oh, dude, no yeah. explanation that they're not going to pay for it, but they've won it. That they've oh, yeah. won this Nintendo. Can you imagine the real-world scenario here? Some random dude throws a fucking Xbox or something, or a Nintendo Switch in your carriage. You've got your kids with you. And now your kids are just pitching a full-on fit in the middle of a store because you're like, obviously, I'm not buying you a Nintendo today. (laughs) This weird little man just threw a video game system into my cart. It doesn't mean that you're getting it. He's a little mischief maker. That's all I'm saying. He's causing a little mischief throughout this holiday season. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's endearing to a point. Yeah. Okay. He needs to watch his ass. I can't tell you how in love I am with this little love triangle that they've created. Like, I really, really love the Frito-Lay Pepsi Monsters trio that happens in Halloween during this time. But, oh, Super Mario, Pepsi, Christmas, all in one. It's just so good. Are you, on this 1989 commercial, are you also weirded out by Mario's general appearance here? Because he's drawn... Piss poorly. I'm oh, just yeah. going to say that straight up. Yeah. But he's dressed as Santa, as we mentioned before. They let him keep, at this point in time, his black plumber's mustache. Yeah. But he's got a white beard, like like chin strap going on sure. to symbolize his Santa-ness. Yeah. Does that bother you? It bothers me. I feel like the lack uh, of consistency is very troubling. See, to a degree, it does bother me. But then when it fades into that that little classic stand and it has everything sitting all like beautiful Vanna White style, like you just won something on Wheel of Fucking Fortune, that is where I forget everything that happened before in this dumb commercial. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> yes, that's the fucking, that's the money shot there. Oh, so he pulls you into his trance too. So he this, does, yeah. This guy is just sucking everybody into his delusions. Yeah, all absolutely. Right? 
I love him, by the way. I, I know I'm sounding very critical. <laughs> I, I love him. I just, uh, you know, he, he he's being a little he's being a little bastard. I just I love that like that little scene change though when it goes to that that shot of the Nintendo sitting on the pile of Pepsi and then the standee. Okay. I could only hope yes. that that's how they presented it in stores back in 1989. I'm sure it's not, but part of me is still believing it did, and that's the part that can die happily. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I so you're talking about the black background. Uh, shot at the end of the commercial, right? With the actual Nintendo Entertainment System and then yes. the Game Boy and then the Pepsi products. Yes. This this looks like they're trying to sell something high-end. And I know yeah, that it's like yeah. a giveaway. Mm-hmm. But like the way that they've framed that last shot here, it looks like it could be for like a Rolex. Or yes, like, exactly. Like like a Apple computer. You know, something very high-end and fancy. And it's just it's just for a little Santa Mario. and And I respect that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's just oh, it's just presented so well. If that wasn't enough, Nintendo and Pepsi, two years later, yet again, do this little trio with Super Mario for the Super Nintendo. They're giving away a Super Nintendo and games, just like the, the regular Nintendo back in the day. This time featuring a standee with very similar but slightly different signage uh, instead of Mario coming out of a chimney. It's Super Mario. He's dropped the beard, but he has a Santa hat, and he's riding on Yoshi, who is now impersonating a deer. So they're kind of just riffing on Santa and his his reindeer. They did get another commercial for this one. It's not... I, I don't want to say it's not as good. It's it's as good, but it doesn't play into the standee as much. Oh, no. It focuses on the gameplay of yeah, Super Mario yep. World. That's the main draw there, mm-hmm. which is... It's fine, but it's not, like, specifically crafted for the holiday with Mario the way that the yeah. 89 one is. Yeah, not at all. So this commercial, it starts, and there's this gang of, like giant like bulky football player like dudes they're all in this weird locker room or something and this little kid he's like their drill sergeant comes in and is like trying to school them on how to play video games obviously all of them suck for some reason and this kid is like you'll be able to play better if you have these little cards and they're giving away pepsi is giving away what is called nintendo super secret cards which were distributed throughout this giveaway I haven't really looked at any of these cards. I don't know if they're anything helpful, but I know that there's a full set on eBay for about $260 that has my name on it. (laughs) That's what you're asking Santa for this year. Mario Santa. Between that and the, the standees that I both talked about now, I could go bankrupt, like all of the money in my bank account. I think the standees... They're like $700 a piece. They'll never be, I'll never own them. Never not. There's like a little no. tiny piece. It's like where the uh, uh, the price tag was, just a small one. And it's like $75. And I just keep looking at it. I'm like, maybe this one, maybe this one will go on my wall. But uh, yeah, forever I'm sad. sorry, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I, I, I've been cracking myself up over here. Just thinking about, so traditional Santa comes in through your house through the chimney and Mario is all about the pipes. It's coming through the so pipes. So would like Mario Santa just pop up through your toilet? Like toilet? I love Mr. Hanky. He would, right? He would have to. I mean, I I think it's best that he does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my gifts would be soggy as hell, but like the payoff would be so funny that I wouldn't even be that mad about it. Well, no, no. There's it's Christmas magic. 
You know, sometimes, oh, sometimes oh, on the roof, right. uh, chimneys just appear, and Santa, you know, shoots his way down them, and then they just disappear when he leaves the house. I'm sure there's some kind of fucking uh, waterproof thing that Super Mario has while he's like, he's probably like in the fucking frog suit when he comes, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I guess if we're going off the magic rules and his green pipe would just appear in your living room and then it'd be all hunky dory. But I just think it's funnier if he's coming up through the sewers of my hometown, you know, just little stinky sopping wet presents. You catch him in the middle of the night and he says... Let's haggle! And then flushes himself down the toilet. <laughs> Had a rifle in his hands And cheap whiskey on his breath From his beard to his boots He was covered with ammo Like a big fat drunk Disgruntled Yuletide Rambo And he smiled as he said With a twinkle in his eye Merry Christmas to all Now you're all gonna die The night Santa went crazy So, you just listened to my next pick. That was The Night Santa Went Crazy by the one, the only, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, I found this song a few years ago, and I am absolutely in love with that song. Have you heard this song before tonight, Grimey, or is this the first time for you? I've heard it before, a pretty long time ago. Um, I'm familiar with most of his work, but for some reason, this one isn't in the top ten in my brain. Um, I think it should be, but it's not. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely one of his songs that doesn't get a ton of recognition. Right. And I think it's because it's probably the least playable song in terms of radio. Does that make sense? Because it's a little graphic. It's a little grisly. And I did actually hear it for the first time on a radio station, but it was my local rock station and they were doing their annual charity drive where basically people could call in and donate a bunch of money. And depending on how much money they donate, they could buy a song to play on the radio. So somebody donated a lot of money to hear this song on the radio because mm-hmm. normally I feel like this is stuff that just does not fly. It would on not let it happen. Yeah, not at all. That's awesome, though. I wonder if they still do stuff like that. Do people send in money to hear stuff on the radio or are we just like so far past the radio stations that we just throw whatever on from YouTube or like Spotify or whatever? Yeah, I mean, they were doing it and I'm sure they still would be doing it. But this particular radio station... A very rock-heavy, rock-centric radio station Mm. got bought out in 2020 by a Christian (laughs) radio station and is no longer. So uh, they got shut down, and they can no longer do that annual charity drive. But I'm sure somebody, if they were still around, would still be paying good money to hear it on the radio in the name of charity and Yuletide goodwill niceness. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) so those of you who were 90s babies which let's be real is almost all of you listening might notice that this song sounds a little bit familiar and that's because they're riffing on the soul asylum track black gold you know i never put that together i don't know why i'm not a big soul asylum fan to be honest listen i i do like soul asylum i've actually seen them live once which was kind of weird 
It was free, so I didn't actually pay for it. But they did put on a good show. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I think they're good, but I never pieced it together either that he was riffing on a Soul Asylum song right. for the night Santa went crazy. And then I read that the other day, and I was like, "Son of a bitch, it is that Soul <laughs> it's Asylum all coming song. together." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do just want to quickly mention, I can't hear Soul Asylum now and not think of that scene from Always Sunny. Where they're going on a road trip to the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And D is drunk in the front seat, <laughs> singing Soul Asylum to a hitchhiker that they picked up, yeah. spilling a jar of piss all over him. Yeah. Well, she to, to be fair, she throws the jar of piss out the window and it splashes Mac in the back seat through the window. Is that piss? Is, is that, that piss? <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> So the whole song is about, uh, well, it, it kind of ties into my elf bowling with a disgruntled Santa. He actually says that yes. in one of the lines of the song. He's a big, fat, drunk, disgruntled Yuletide Rambo, which I love that line. I love yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very comedic gold. Black gold. Uh, but the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole premise of the song is that Santa has had it. He snapped. He's sick of the old shtick, the whole the, the whole rigmarole, and uh, that's it. He's grabbed a bunch of weapons, and he's going absolutely postal at the North Pole, and nobody is spared. We're talking reindeer. We're talking elves. And uh, by the end of the song, he's ended himself up in jail, and we find out that Mrs. Claus is trying to negotiate the movie rights uh, of the whole ordeal of him just shooting up and blasting up the the north pole but you did ask about a music video and while there is no quote-unquote official music video there's an unofficial official music video and i know that's a little uh a little stupid to say but it's true this guy tj morris you can find his channel over on youtube in the 90s when he was in film school actually did a whole rankin bass inspired claymation to go with this song and does the whole the whole thing in real time because al is telling a story here we get it from beginning to end and this tj morris animated the whole thing um, and he used this old 1960s Bolex camera. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's like era appropriate for something like Santa Claus is coming yeah. to town or Rudolph, Rudolph. the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, yeah, it, it has a charm to it, certain charm to it. So this was uploaded back December 27th, 2006. I would say it's pretty good for that time period. Um, it's It's crude, but it has its... Uh, certain elegance to it too that screams 2000 like early 2000s it's it's really good if you haven't seen it before you should see it you can now watch the original version or the souped up version that came 10 years later <laughs> yeah yeah the remastered version um but no it looks it's awesome it, it, it's just a great video it's a great song and not to glorify what santa is doing in this because he's a real piece of shit but uh he sure did make for a memorable song. I'll say that. And uh, a memorable iteration of Santa. We get so many squeaky clean Santas and not so many uh, mean, nasty Santas. So it's kind of a nice uh, a nice addition to your holiday that's overly squeaky clean and so thoughtful and so beautiful and so nice. <laughs> 
was a bit before Christmas and all through the house, nothing was stirring, not even a... I ran to the kitchen, what could it be? Christmas crunch from the cabin to me! This crunch is special to make breakfast merry. It's loaded with yummy red and green crunch berries. Very sweet, delicious. But it's only here till Christmas. Christmas crunch is a very merry part of this balanced breakfast. Look, the who gave us these? Uh-huh. Captain Crunch? There's one of four jolly ornaments in each specially marked box of Christmas Crunch. All right, everyone, get out the cereal bowls. We're pouring up some Cap'n Crunch. Christmas Crunch, to be more specific. Did you ever have Christmas Crunch before? Oh, hell yeah, <laughs> I've had Christmas Crunch. I've had too much Christmas Crunch too in much? my life. Did you know that, too that, much. That makes sense, because there was... A ginormous amount of fucking Christmas Crunch. The first Christmas Crunch appeared sometime, I think, 1988 is what it said. Uh, about six or seven months before I was born. So over the past, like, 33 years, I can't tell you how many Christmas Crunch cereals there's been. The cereal originally consisted of typical Cap'n Crunch pieces with new red and green crunch berries. Uh, the box was green with this red font and featured cap in, in all full Santa gear. So he was dressed up as Santa. He had the, the, the beard and the hat. I mean, it was just the perfect Christmas cereal at that time. He makes her a good Santa. He, he's, oh, he's, he does. Yeah. I mean, he's there, man. Mm-hmm. He's got that round face as it is and that, that nice white mustache. So it's yeah. not a, not a far jump to actually make him into Santa. If we didn't already have, and I'm speaking from like 80s kids, early 80s kids, probably before that, if they didn't already have this idea of the cap and ingrained in their brain, uh, you would probably just think this was Santa Claus, to be honest. This, he just portrays him really, really well. So, in 1988, there was this commercial that came out that kind of uh, showed off the cereal when it first came out. And it is kind of the goofiest fucking commercial I've ever seen. Like, I'm familiar with Captain Crunch. I know what he sounds like, and I know how he used to sound before. But, like, this is on a different scale. Like, what what the fuck, man? What Did the voice actor have his jaw wired shut when he recorded I have, this? I, it's so weird. Ah, my name is Captain Crunch. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's like he can't move his lips or he can't move his jaw or a combination of both. I, yeah. Oh, it's messed up. It's weird. It is super weird. And he's not even wearing, like, the whole Santa Claus getup. He's just got the hat. That's it. He's, it doesn't look anything like the box. Oh, yeah, no. And, and it's weird because at the end of the commercial, they show the box that you're talking about yeah. where he is in the full Santa getup. So I don't know. Was it like a last minute decision to do this uh, Christmas crunch and then like also make an ad on top of it? Like, I can't imagine that it would have saved any money to like not animate him in the full Christmas suit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't know. Weird choice. Very, very strange very choice. Very weird choice. Mm hmm. But anyways, after this initial run of 1988 Cap'n Crunch Christmas Crunch, uh, they pulled every gimmick in the book, and it's just mind-boggling. Like, I looked up all these images. I just wanted three original images at first, but then I found more and more and more, and I swear there's at least a hundred different boxes. So they did a lot of boxes of different kinds of Christmas Crunch cereal. I'm going to mention two. There was one in 1995. Now, this one I felt like was kind of like the game changer. They did not do a green box, but they did a new blue box with this kind of ombre thing going on it where it, like, goes from blue to almost dark blackish blue, like a very midnight blue color. 
It's very, very festive font, too. Like, this font, I don't know, it makes me wish I was, like, eating candy canes or something. And, like, fucking, they had the silver snowflakes on there. Just the most Christmassy box. I don't know how they pulled it off with this blue in the background, but it really, really pops. The red pops right off of it. Now, what makes this box different than the rest? Each one came with a fucking packet of holiday frosting with those little glass shard red and green sprinkles in the mix. So... Already sugary cereal, you dump your milk in it, then you fucking douse it with icing, like cake frosting? Weren't the 90s an amazing time? It just, the total disregard for anything that could be construed as healthy. Just, yeah, yeah, totally. Just throw throw health out the window. What are your kids like? Sugar? We got you. We got you, man. We're going to make a sugar cereal, and we're going to throw more sugar in the box. I don't know how that would translate eating it. Like, would it even be good? I've never done it. I know that like other cereal brands, they did the same thing. Ralston, they did the the ooze icing for the turtle cereal at one point in time. I have no idea how this communicates as a cereal, if it would be good or not. I think what would happen, and this is just me guesstimating here, but the frosting would definitely just mix with the milk, which already gets sweet because of the cereal sitting in it. So I feel like the real benefit here would be like an almost birthday cake flavored milk that you drink after the fact, which that doesn't sound half bad. That actually sounds pretty good. I mean, I'm with it. I'm with it. Speaking from the guy who puts eggnog in his cereal every once in a blue moon, I'm down with cake flavored icing infused cereal milk. Yeah, you're down to clown. <laughs> you're down to clown. Then the second box I wanted to talk about is from 1998. This box went back to its classic green and red color scheme, still sporting uh, Santa Crunch. We'll call him Santa Crunch because he's Santa Crunch. Uh, only this time they added another new gimmick. Each box came with Jingle Bell Rocks to change your milk's color from regular white milk to pink, I guess. I just love anything <laughs> that's included in a cereal to try to fuck with the color of milk. Like, it's such a good gimmick for a kid because you think that it's magic. You're like, wow, I put in this red stuff and now my milk is pink. Like, obviously, it's going to be pink yeah. if you put in a red dye. But to a kid, they're so stupid, they don't know that. It's the most magical thing in the world. And it's the easiest thing to throw in a buck. They should be doing that to this day. I will eat red 40, <laughs> blue 72, whatever fucking uh, dye you want to throw Blue one? Me. Yeah, blue one. Yeah. Whatever it is. Just just like give it to me in my adult cereals, okay? I, I obviously, I never had the cereal. I hated cereal when I was a kid. Uh, I'm curious what they were made out of. I didn't do too much deep diving into it to figure it all out, but I'm really curious. Like, was it sugar? Was it just another corn thing i guess similar to cereal that was just heavily dyed like they're just little rocks that you throw in there like insane i'm i know that had i been eating cereal back then i would have been all in on this asap yeah i from what i can tell it looks like it's just little mini cereal pieces that are just nothing yeah yep. but balls of dye which i mean you know it works that's fine. And that's just to name a couple of the cereal boxes. There's so many more out there. They still do Christmas Crunch today. Uh, there's, what is it, Smart Pop or whatever, or fucking Smart Food, I think. They do the, the popcorn. Is that what they're called, Smart Food? Smart Food, yeah. They've been doing the, uh, the, the, the Crunch Berries popcorn, which I haven't tried. Yeah. But I hear it's an interesting combo. 
It's not great. I'm not oh, gonna lie. Okay. I'm well, ruining it for I, you right I now because I haven't actually heard that. I made it up for banter. Okay, <laughs> Grimey. I made it up for the podcast. You caught me. See, I I think some people probably like it, but I'm not one. If anything, it would make a really beautiful garland if you decided to just make your own popcorn garland. You add some crunch berries in between there, which I'm planning on doing eventually. I just haven't done it yet. That's a good idea. But yeah, all those older cereal boxes, they all have Cap'n Crunch or Santa Crunch, as I like to call him. The newest ones don't. They just have him being his old crunchy self. And uh, I think the newest one is like a Christmas sweater pattern. Couple before that, uh, it was just him in winter gear. It was a blue box and it had Christmas lights on it. Still a festive box, but not Santa Claus. And it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a fan of just the wintry gear, but I, I have to admit, I really like that sweater pattern box. Yeah, the sweater pattern's grown on me, but if he came back as Santa Crunch, I wouldn't be uh, too upset. If he came back as Santa Crunch on the sweater box, we'd have a hit. Prime. So uh, bring Santa Claus Cap'n Crunch back. Also, if you're going to be bringing things back, bring some weird frosting and Jingle Bell Rocks to make my milk turn to different color. A plus. You know what you guys are? Nothing but a bunch of sleazy con men in red suits. What did you call us? You hear me, right? Con men, thieves, degenerates, lowlifes, thugs, criminals. Hey, the North Pole, them are fighting words, partner. Put them up. What a lux, buddy. Not about to hit a Santa Claus. Come on, come on, what are you, chicken? Hey, Brian, I have a quick question for you. What would that be? Do you have a Turbo Man doll? You know, I don't. I passed up the opportunity when I seen him at Walmart the past, like, umpteen times. Uh, I'm still hating myself for it to this day. Yeah. Well, I have one, and he's nestled safely under my tree. Is he still in the box, or did you open him? Oh, no, he's in the box. He's in the box. He's in the box. <laughs> no, he's you not know, getting it. I really love that they did this, this little thing. What was it, like two years ago? It might have been, or maybe it was last year. I don't maybe know. Maybe it was just last year. I can't remember, but ever since they put him out on the shelves, I still see him today. Like I feel like he's still on the shelf today when I walk into my Walmart closest to me, and I'm just like, I don't feel too bad because I'm like, you're there still. If I want him, I'll get him. So what is all this uh, Power Man talk for anyways? Power Man? Turbo Man? Of course. <laughs> Sorry about that. You son of what a is bitch. all this? We Turbo are talking talk. about Jingle All the Way, and specifically, we're talking about the Santa Factory scene. You must be familiar. I mean, this is a Christmas classic. This this movie is top tier, S tier, as the kids would say. Oh yeah, I'm completely familiar. Fucking Terminator and a Christmas classic. You, you can't beat it. Can't beat it. So, for those of you who might be a little hazy or a little fuzzy, or even if you're not, I just want to describe the whole scene. So, here I go. Uh, so, Arnold is super desperate to get a Turbo Man doll, and he is coming up empty-handed all day when he runs into none other than Jim Belushi as Santa Claus in the mall. Jim Belushi and his elf, who is played by Danny Woodburn, you might know him grimy. As Mickey from Seinfeld. Do you remember uh, Kramer's little person friend who he gets into schemes with? No. <laughs> I don't I don't know Seinfeld very well. Well, God like the damn the one it. sitcom I did not venture into. 
<laughs> okay, well, maybe our listeners will remember him as Mickey, <laughs> Kramer's little person friend that he gets into schemes with. <laughs> so either way, Arnold runs into Jim Belushi, and Jim Belushi overhears that he's desperate for a Turbo Man, and basically... Arnold ends up driving the three of them to this warehouse in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's really sketchy. And Jim Belushi as Santa takes all three of them up to a door and he does a secret knock and uh, he gets let in. And when they go inside this big old warehouse, just, you know, basically like on the docks, just real shady looking, it is filled, filled with like dozens and dozens of mall santas basically you know that one scene in austin powers where he's in there with all the inmates when they're all like in their orange jumpsuits it feels like that kind of it's very prison inmatey kind of it's very oh, strange yeah. but oh, it's funny oh, absolutely these are criminals they, these yeah. these are all criminals <laughs> yeah <laughs> and basically. that's just that's not even me making a joke that's like literally no. what they are they're con men they're mm-hmm. all santa con men and in this toy factory quote unquote it's just Toys on toys on toys and con men on con men on con men. So they convince Arnold to give them money. I think he pays something stupid like two or three hundred dollars cash for this turbo man. Something like oh, yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, so they bring it out and it's all wrapped up and they're like, don't open it. It's already wrapped. Just take it home. So obviously he's suspicious. So he opens it up and then. It looks normal until the doll starts speaking in Spanish. And he's right. like, yeah. wait a minute. This isn't like the one that I was looking for. And he goes to pull it out of the package and the whole thing falls apart. And there's Jim Belushi. Oh, some assembly required, you know, doing the typical con man <laughs> thing. Like, hey, man, yeah. I don't know what you expected, you know. <laughs> yep. This is what you paid for. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, so at one point, I just love this scene, man. Like, there's just so much going on here. Like, you have the 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 toy factory aspect and the whole fake Turbo Man doll thing. And then at one point, all of the Santas break into this song, which I had never heard before this movie. But apparently it's an mm. old Christmas song called The Little Boy That Santa Claus Forgot. Oh, no, never heard Doesn't that. Doesn't ring a bell. Oh well, we'll have to. The little boy that Santa Claus forgot. The little boy that Santa Claus forgot. It's like this beautifully moving, like somber song about how this little boy just wanted these couple things for Christmas, and Santa Claus hmm. forgot to come to him. And so they make this whole big spiel about how they're like they're the good guys because they're they're bringing kids what the kids want, what the kids need every Christmas. So. There's like this hmm. duality of like, oh, we're trying to be sincere, but also we're pieces of shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I only got two words, two words. Ninja Santa. Oh, damn. I thought you were going to say Big Show. <laughs> big Show. No, no, Big Show. Yeah, he's in there too, but yeah, yeah, Ninja same. Santa. I, I was more drawn into Ninja Santa than Big Show for some reason. Uh, well, I mean, it's because he's using two candy canes as nunchucks. Yeah, he just does, he does like five front flips in the air. And he's all, you know, the whole get up and he's just fucking chucking around. He's got his candy cane nunchucks. It's so good. But then gets taken out by Arnold Schwarzenegger with uh, a giant plastic candy cane where he simultaneously takes out like seven other Santa Clauses with this one Santa Claus. It's hilarious. 
So yeah, good. yeah. So I guess we should mention a big brawl breaks out once he realizes he's been conned. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's where that leads. But uh, you know, you mentioned Ninja Santa, and then I mentioned Big Show, the wrestler. Big Show is like the largest Santa I've ever seen in my life. Humongous. I mean, Arnold is a big dude as it is, like just a, a big strapping man. And in Big Show makes Arnold look like your average male. It's insane yeah. how big this guy yep. is. Yeah, he's like punching at him and he fucking stops his fist with his bare hand like like nothing. Like he was playing around with a little kid. It's uh, it's insane. I love the uh, the midget Santa Claus where he's like sitting up behind Arnold Schwarzenegger on his shoulders. I'm so glad good. that you brought that up because I was just about to bring that up too. So you have the biggest Santa I've ever seen and the smallest Santa I've ever the seen smallest. in this in this scene as well. They list him technically as mini Santa. But do you know who Mini Santa is played by? It's got to be Mini Me. It is. It's Vern Troyer. This was Mini Me before he became Mini Me. So before Mini Me, he was Mini Santa. And I love it. I love that that there's that tie in this movie that I also get Mini Me. So, yeah, this scene has everything that you could possibly want. Brawling like 18,000 different Santas. Uh, Jim Belushi and his beautiful voice. And I just want to say a quick bit about Jim Belushi because who the fuck knows when I'm ever going to talk about this man again. I love Jim Belushi. Okay. I feel, I, and I know that is like the, the least popular opinion out there, but I hear too many people all the time doing the wrong brother, dad. Shut up. Just shut up. There's nothing wrong with Jim Belushi. Just because there was a tragedy in his family and his talented brother got taken from us doesn't mean that Jim Belushi isn't worth uh, isn't worth his salt. Okay, according to Jim, great show, uh, jingle all the way, uh, great character, other things. I don't know. He's done other things too. Just just lay off Jim Belushi. Okay, please. Uh, hanging Christmas tree ornaments. Oh, let me see this. <laughs> You're hanging up cans of orange soda. <laughs> Yeah, check it out. We wish you an orange Christmas. We wish you an orange Christmas. And I'm wishing you go home. <laughs> yeah. Come on, boys. Time to put the star on top of the tree. Hey, yeah, I'll do it. No, no, no. I always put the star on top of the tree. That's my job. All right, my last pick of the night comes from the hit 90s Nick show, Keenan and Kel. Jumping into episode 11 from season one entitled Merry Christmas Keenan. How familiar are you with Keenan and Kel? Did you watch it when you were a kid? Love it? Hate it? I watched it when I was a kid. I watched it growing up. My memory's a little fuzzy on the show itself, but if we're talking uh, Good Burger, it's very sharp. Very sharp with Good Burger. I watched that like probably twice a year. Very similar. So... This was like one of my all-time favorite shows back in the day. I remember watching this all the time, always sat in front of the TV waiting for it to come on. I never seen this episode when I was a kid, never. I only got to see this episode, oh, probably within the last six years. This is the first time I saw this episode. In this one, it's Christmas and Keenan's saving up for a bicycle. It's a mountain bike, the bike of his dreams. He's like frothing out the mouth to this fucking bicycle. And while he's at the store, Keenan and Kel head to the toy section where they find this small Santa knocked unconscious. And the store owner comes up and he's like begging one of them to play the part of Santa. Keenan, he takes the opportunity. I think Kel is like an elf or something. So the store owner is going to pay him like a hundred dollars and that's going to go towards his bike. So he says, you know, I'll do it. I guess, whatever. While he's playing Santa, 
and the kids are coming up on his lap. There's this kid that comes up to him and he asks him what he wants and he says that he wants a bike for his little sister. Apparently, his little sister's bike was stolen and his mom doesn't have enough money to buy her a new one. So, the kids leave. The mom comes up and she says, you know, it's really sweet of you to tell my boy that he's going to get a bike for his sister. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do that because I don't have the money to do it. And, you know, Keenan's kind of bent out of shape about this and is like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to you going to buy him a bike or what? She says, no, I'll just tell him something came up or you got lost or so this really bums Keenan out. He gets to pay for his cashier job and he gets to pay from the Santa Claus job and he has enough for the bikes and he ends up buying this kid a bike, the little girl the bike and uh, a bunch of other toys and stuff. He dresses up as Santa Claus once again, goes to these people's house, you know, dumps all the presents off while scaring them all, by the way. They all like freak out and they're like, oh my God, you're the, the mall fucking Santa Claus. And it's a very strange episode because one, I don't know how the fuck Keenan figured out how these people like where they lived for one. That's uh, it, it doesn't really say anything. It's just like he gets the money and he's going to buy his bicycle and it just cuts to him being like upset and sad. He's like, I can't buy this bike. I got to buy this. These kids, you know, these kids, I, t- I promised them presents and stuff. I was Santa Claus. I promised them presents. He just shows up at their house, walks in, doesn't knock or anything. It's nighttime. They're all asleep and he's going to dump out presents underneath their fucking tree. It's that Christmas magic, man. Don't Is think there- <laughs> too hard about it. Okay. Oh, oh the same Christmas magic that's going to keep your presents from getting wet. Yeah. The very same. <laughs> The very, the, the, the Mario's. Very That's right. Wahoo! Oh, man. I just, yeah, I don't know. That that one kind of got me. But he ends up giving the kids these gifts. It it's, it's, uh, turns into being less creepy than it sounds. So, at the end, the Rockmores, they're all sitting together downstairs in their living room, and they must have just got done eating, and they're getting ready for bed for Santa Claus to come. They're talking about how proud they are. They knew what happened. They knew that Keenan gave all of his money up for these kids to have their their Christmas presents. And they're all going up the stairs. And in comes the mall Santa Claus, who was knocked unconscious, who is apparently the real Santa Claus. And he drops off Keenan's fucking bicycle, the one he's been oozing over, the one he wants. You know, it just... It's a perfect ending to one of the weirdest episodes I've ever seen. I really wish I would have seen this as a kid because oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> uh, so the Christmas magic, uh, that's just what it is. It's just the Christmas magic episode. Yeah, apparently. I'm it's just going to keep saying It's a that. goofy episode, Christmas magic. Yeah, Christmas magic. I love it. I love it. No, it sounds like a good episode. It sounds fun. Uh, I love the the whole premise. And I, I guess I really should probably pop it on. Uh, is it streaming anywhere? Is it over on like Paramount or something? Or Yeah, so it's on Paramount Plus. You can watch it right now. It's uh, episode 11 from season one. It's a weird episode. It's definitely a change of pace. Like usually every episode ends in like horrible luck. There's always some kind of bad thing that happens at the end. And then Keenan comes up with another scheme for the next episode. And they show that, but... This one, you know, Keenan gets his dream bike. So there's two two last points I wanted to uh, touch on before we end this segment here. One, there's a point in the store that Keenan works in where they show like candy and it's like there's Snickers bars and there's Kit Kats. And the way that they avoid copyright is by changing the letters slightly. So like Snickers is now tickers 
I, love I think, or is it like, well, I don't remember what it was or it's something snippers or something, something really weird. Kit Kats is Rit Rats. <laughs> um, That's just the Scooby-Doo version of Kit Kats. Rit Rats. Rit Rats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the, the bike that Keenan wants is a Schwinn, but they just like blacked out and like, it's not even like done really good. It's just electrical tape over like the C or the H. You know, that's one thing about nineties Nickelodeon that I'll never understand is that they were raking in money hand over fist and you watch it as an adult. And some of the cost cutting measures that they were doing on that, (laughs) that network, it's just like, really, you couldn't afford like a proper graphic designed vinyl wrap over this Schwinn bicycle. You're just going to use oh, yeah. electrical tape, really? You, you think they would have learned from uh, the adventures of Pete and Pete where everything was Kreb. So, like, the Cub Scouts was Kreb Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything was like Kreb. It's so funny. So, yeah, there's that. And then the other thing I wanted to touch on really quick was in the toy store, I did not expect to see all these different toys there. There was a display on the one wall where they had action figures from The Tick, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, and it even looks like there's a couple of uh, carded Playmates Star Trek figures in the mix there, too. Like, the first one that popped out to me was the Tick, that bright yellow packaging, and then there was a little blue figure. I was like, wait, really? This is... Is on there, so they blacked out words for Snickers and Schwinn, but they fucking put full-on action figures to other different properties. That's what I was just wondering. Like, so they went to all those great lengths for all the freaking Slickers or whatever the hell, Rit Rats, and, and, and okay, well, what? I don't know. Maybe they had some sort of a, a a deal with the toy companies, and they're like, we won't black out the names if you give us a cut of all the toys that you <laughs> yeah, sell for yeah. being on this episode. It was really cool seeing that in there, though. <laughs> All right, so I started this episode off with a late 90s PC pick. And I guess that's where I'm going to end up, Grimy. So I'm not going to be talking about a video game this go around, but I am going to be talking about a very early internet flash animation cartoon that sort of started small and ended really pretty big. I am, of course, talking about the Happy Tree Friends. Were you a fan of this growing up at any point in time? I loved Every and all type of Flash cartoons and Happy Tree Friends was, oh, so good. Uh, Yeah, I loved Happy Tree Friends. I still love Happy Tree Friends. I don't watch them, obviously, near as often as I used to, but um, every once in a while when I'm going through some old Flash cartoons and I'm reminiscing, Happy Tree Friends is, like, synonymous with all of it. Absolutely. Sort of like the grandfather of it all. Like... It started with the naked dancing baby and it like spiraled into happy tree friends and now we have like fucking PewDiePie. I, I don't know how we got there, but PewDiePie. Man, that's even a dated reference. It's not PewDiePie anymore. It's like Mr. Beast who's just exploiting like people for money. He's just like Did you see that no, the that's other day? That's all I see. I don't really know anything about Mr. Beast, but 
I, I hear an awful lot about it. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? What the is the this? other day the other day he put out a Twitter poll and it was like, if you knew that one person would die, but you would get ten thousand dollars, would you still take the ten thousand dollars? And everybody was like, Oh my god, he's actually doing it. He's starting to plan <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. he's planning the running man. Yeah. I mean it just sounds like a cult at this point. I just don't even know. Listen, if the running man was ever going to happen in real life, I can totally see it happening on Mr. Beast's YouTube channel. That's Mr. all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. That's where it starts. That's how this becomes a reality. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about the good old Happy tree violence. friends. <laughs> yes, the good violence. Yeah. Happy tree friends. Now, if if you're a little fuzzy or or maybe you've never seen it before, Happy Tree Friends is like a very cutesy internet cartoon, and it's just all cute little cartoon animals and they're all doing very routine normal everyday tasks like one of my favorite uh happy tree friends cartoons back in the day was the moose and he nicked himself shaving and the whole the whole episode is him basically bleeding bleeding out because he was just shaving you know so Mm -hmm. that's that's sort of what happens here so the episode i'm going to be finishing with and talking about tonight it's called claws for concern and it's a little play on words there because it's c l a u s e like santa claus and uh the whole the whole premise behind this episode is that we have two characters pop and cub and they're both bears and they're very cute and pop is getting ready to go out and uh i i assume be fake santa at the mall that's what we that's what we gathered from this episode right yeah yeah i would say that's about accurate i think he's a mall santa and cub his little baby is uh in a diaper and uh ridiculously cute and they make you think that cub gets in pops uh santa sack and and the whole episode they're leading you on thinking that cub is dying this horrible horrible death Yeah, like getting run over by train and just being run rampant and uh, you feel bad the whole time. You do. You just like you want to laugh and you you just like you can't like I don't know. Like I know that it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like there are some bits that that are really pretty funny, like the train bit that Grimey mentioned where this bag that we think Cub is in ends up on train tracks and it just keeps getting run over by trains for an abnormally long time. And and Mm -hmm. it's just, you're you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're going, Oh my God. Like I can't, I can't (laughs) believe it. Cause you're like, Oh, it's this cute little baby and it's getting murdered. Mm -hmm. It's just getting absolutely obliterated by the end of the cartoon. You find out, Cub was never in the bag all along. So the fucking animators were toying with you the whole time because it was just some like, I don't know if it was paint or like tomato paste and some sausages. So that's that's what was like causing all this mess and, and all of this like what looked like bodily fluids and stuff leaking out yeah. of this Santa yep. sack. But then the best part at the end of the credits. <laughs> yes. Post credit scene way before Marvel was even doing it. I had no idea there was a post credit scene. I just watched it literally like 20 minutes ago because I was unaware of it even being there. It, sh- it cuts to the scene of uh, what pop pops coming back home from his long day at uh, fake mall Santa guy. Cub is behind the door. Well, Pop opens the door and it just splatters Cub all over the wall, yeah, like really, really gruesomely too. Oh, they they really toy around with the audience with this one, and it's it, it is a really pretty funny funny payoff because you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, 
few. He didn't die. Splat. And that's it. That's, yeah, that's yep. the end of it. It's so good. Nonetheless, it is still pretty funny. Happy Tree Friends was kind of a big part of my growing up and my uh, my maturing. So I was happy to be able to actually sneak it into this podcast. And I just like to mention, I can't believe how far they've come. Like, like we keep saying this started out as like a uh, a very very crude flash video format and now it's just this very nice very polished uh, they they have their own cartoon now right they have their own little series that aired on one of the streaming platforms yeah so way, actually way back in the the mid 2000s when G4 Tech TV was a big thing uh, yeah, they yeah. actually got their own TV show for G4. And I just actually read that there's supposedly a Happy Tree Friends movie in development. So, Oh, no shit. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I would be the first person either on demand or in a theater seeing a Happy Tree Friends movie because that just uh, – that's playing to all my interests right there. Just an hour and a half of agony of like – Oh, my God. Just <laughs> It's so good. Like – we can't stress how how much it's like this cutesy cutesy kind of thing going on. Like if you didn't know what this was, and I tell you what, my one of my teachers from school didn't know what it was, and he had stickers of Happy Tree Friends all over <laughs> in like his closet, and I, we were all like giggling, like why why do you have those? Like do you know what that is? It's like yeah, it's Happy Tree Friends. It's cute, and I was like. No, man, like, there's fucking, like, no. things get killed, and it just, like, shows blood splattering everywhere, and he's like, what? Not happy tree friend. Like, yeah, man, this is what it's all about, and I remember us sitting down and, like, showing him exactly what happy tree friends, like, will happen in these cartoons, and he was like, oh, my God, I have these on my fucking wall here at school. I need to, like, get rid of these right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I love this early internet. Uh, I'm just starting to look back even more fondly on it because uh, I'll be honest with you, we have a good a good group and a good thing going on our socials, but kind of by and large, the internet right now is a bit of a cesspool. And uh, I mean, it's always been a cesspool, but I miss when it was simpler. When all I was seeing on a day-to-day basis was cute little animals get their eyes ripped out of their sockets. You know, that's that's all I miss. That's that's all I want to see. And so I, I think maybe if you're having a, a little bit of a stressful time in the holiday season and you just want to get back to basics, maybe pop on a couple episodes of Happy Tree Friends. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. And 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 I don't know. It's a, it's it's warm and fuzzy while being gross and disgusting. <laughs> So that was our first of probably many pop culture Santa shows. One thing I want to mention really quick is don't be upset if we didn't get your favorite Santa Claus in there. Uh, We can't get all of them in at one time. You know what? We got to do something to keep your guys' attention or else you wouldn't fucking listen no more. (laughs) (laughs) And let me just say this. If you're upset that I didn't get to mention X, Y, or Z, think of how upset I am 
that I didn't get to mention any of these fucking Santas from the Christmas card collection I have. The Hallmark cards that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Grimy wouldn't let me cover them. I'm going to have my own spinoff show, and I can cover whatever fucking Santas you guys want me to cover in addition to my Hallmark Christmas Santas, okay? All right, so we're all happy. We're all we're all going to be happy. Oh, boy. Anyways, if you like the show, make sure that you leave us a rating wherever you listen to our podcast. And if you're listening and haven't subscribed, make sure that you do because you'll hear all of our episodes and get notified when they first come out. Absolutely. And if you're looking for anything else after that, check us out over on Facebook, over at the uh, Leftover Pizza Club. Always a good time over there. We're talking holidays, Christmas. Uh, we haven't talked Bell Snickle, but he should have been talked. Sorry about that. Um, it's a good time. Definitely check out over there and check us out on Instagram at Leftover Pizza Podcast. And you can also catch us over on Twitter at Leftover Pizza Club, assuming that that hasn't crashed and burned by the time that you're listening to this episode. And if you want even more nostalgic content aside from podcasts, you can check out our articles over at leftoverpizzaclub.com. And we even have a store up there, so you can buy some merch. We've got a bunch of nostalgic, fun merch that we drop periodically, so you can check us out over on our store there. But that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, we just like to thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you so much. If y'all y'all can't tell, my, I told you, my bra- I got the brain scrambly, so I'm, I'm running on fumes. I'm running on empty. I'm running on Christmas spirit. Christmas magic. Oh, yeah, whatever the fuck I said. Well, whatever. I, I Don't hold me accountable for anything I said, okay? Well, again, I'd just like to thank you all for listening. Ho, ho, woohoo! <laughs> Have a very merry Christmas. North Pole, here we come! <laughs> For hosting marshmallows, for toasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing, and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near.